You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey y'all, I'm Mela Borowski and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. Our guest today is Sean Wickens, a Cleveland-born, New York City-based comedian, renaissance man, and retired New York City window cleaner. He's self-published some books over the years, and he's created what some might say are some very unusual and unique artistic projects. Welcome to our witchy world, Sean. Thank you. Happy to be here. I feel right at home, just with my last name alone. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. So there's a difference between just being funny because my husband is very funny. He is Mm -hmm. so goofy and being a comedian. So how did you make that jump and get into comedy? Oh, sure. Um, So yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying because um, being funny sort of naturally and trying to do it on command are two slightly different things. But Mm -hmm. I grew up in a very funny household. My my dad is very goofy as well. It's funny, mm. like we, we always describe him as, as a goofy kind of person. Um, but I grew up in a funny household and, you know, enjoying comedy. And I always, my friends, I always found to be funny. And I do remember writing down funny things that I accidentally said when I was a kid. Uh, sort of like instead of writing a joke and then saying it, I, I kind of remember saying funny things and then writing them down. Mm. So I've always been just sort of interested in it. And I had horrible stage fright for most of my 20s. So I didn't really even try. I I auditioned for one play in college and did horribly and didn't like that feeling of being on stage and being embarrassed, even though I was performing for two or three people, you know? Mm, Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's kind of a long path, but I, you know, eventually I, you know, even though I was too afraid to try, I started taking writing classes and then I took improv classes and improv got me on stage and over my fear of being in, in, in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then it, I, I eventually just sort of slid into stand-up. I think comedy is just so important, but you know, the world is, it's in the midst of one of those really serious times. Do you yeah. think comedy is important in the grand scheme of the world, especially during trying times like we've been in? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, as somebody who has produced comedic material in the past, I had trouble even trying to write jokes, you know, just to as a as an exercise to pass the time. Yeah, I, I, it was even hard to do that. And I found myself and a lot of my artist friends say the same thing. They they were questioning why even try or why mm. pursue it in, in what yeah. what the worth was, which is very understandable because you were not seeing the benefits of it. So in spite of all that, I found myself even not trying to think of funny things uh, funny things were coming to me, and I think it was my own sub subconscious telling my conscious brain that I needed to laugh and and find reasons to smile. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they do say they say all the time, laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
I, I, I mean, I, I went through some pretty low periods over the last few months and it's, it's like not, not fun. It's not a good physical feeling. And I know that I kind of put myself there through sort of negative thoughts during these dire times. So it's, it's, it's an effort to try to be funny, even when you feel like there's other people aren't going to laugh. So why, why try? Yeah, it's just been such a sensitive time about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about comedy in general as well with the sensitivity. And just because it's funny, should we give carte blanche as far as sensitive topics like racism, homophobia, Mm -hmm. things like that? How do you feel about that? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, whenever first, whenever I, I have comedian friends talk about how it's a rough time for comedy, I, I I, completely think of it as the opposite. I think comedy is going through a very necessary evolution, which, you know, growth is, is painful. So I think sometimes when comedians think it's a bad time, it's, I think, looking too much in the, in the past and not sort of grasping onto what wonderful future might be on the horizon. You know what I mean? But there, there, there definitely is, you know, needs to be a change, and there always needs to be a constant sort of growth and in, in, in movement. And uh, you know, I, I was thinking about being on here today, and and just because of you know, um, well, I, 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 it's a very new way to define jokes in my mind. But it, you know, it's it's that if words are are spells. Mm-hmm. And, and and jokes are are made up of words. Like jokes can be light magic and, and dark magic. So it's very yeah. easy to put one out when you're when you're focused on doing the other. Um, yeah, I firmly believe that words are extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the times that I was talking about it, I had been asked to speak at a Presbyterian church, mm-hmm. and. I came in and they, I was just presenting paganism and that sort of thing. And I said, you know, when you pray, you're casting a spell. They didn't appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true because you're just, what is prayer? Connecting with with the divine or connecting with the universe. What is a spell? Connecting with with nature, with the universe and trying to change something. They're casting spells all the damn time. (laughs) Yeah. You know, one of the, one of the strengths I'm hoping to take out of this past year it really is a, a new understanding of words, just mm. not even the thoughts that I have about myself, but also just what I speak into the world. Yeah. Um, so I, I am really, truly in a place where I'm trying to communicate more clearly with friends. You know, it's the, the other funny thing about jokes is that it, it, it's very easy to joke with friends, but we sometimes forget when we're telling jokes, we're not really communicating uh, reality. And so, you know what I mean? We're, we're, it's, we're, we're, we're talking, but we're talking about something that's fake and and, and made up. So I'm trying to have sort of like deeper conversations with friends, which I'm, I'm hoping to continue after all this. I'm also saging like once or twice a week. Yeah. Which I, I don't know if that's, I don't know what a normal saging um, sort of routine is. You know, they, mm-hmm. they say you're supposed to change your sheets once every week or two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I, what's, what's your sage schedule? 
Well, um, I use it anytime I do rituals and things like that. I also do it after I have company at my house. Mm. So that's not really once every two weeks or once a month type of thing. It's just if I have guests at my house, I will uh, use some sort of herbal smoke to get rid of all their bad juju. Mm-hmm. If I just feel like I've got stagnant energy around. So for me, it's more of a there's a problem, there's a situation, or there's something that I want to be extra kind of clean for, and I do it. But but if for someone that's not doing as much as I'm doing, mm-hmm. I'd probably say do your house at least once a month. Okay. Whatever feels. Yeah. You know, if you've got heavy energy and you've got people coming in with negativity and there's, you know, people have uh, arguing and things like that, even children just being crazy. Mm-hmm. And they have to do it every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I live alone and I have not had been having anyone over, so I'm really mm-hmm. sort of doing it whenever I notice that I've been having or returning to bad thoughts. So it, yeah. it just it, that alone is, I think, a good enough reason for me lately to yeah, yeah. re-cleanse the space. Mm-hmm. Do you open windows when you do it? Um, it's been kind of cold here in New York, so I don't usually, but uh, I, I will when it's warmer out. Okay. Yeah, that's a good practice, even if you just crack a window. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good if you're cleansing because there's some sort of entity in there. Mm. But even with negativity, it's it's kind of like the idea of let's let's let it have a space to escape from oh okay mm-hmm. let let someone else deal with it yeah exactly <laughs> get that get out get on out of here there's there's yeah. a crack in the window get on out of here so you're part of the stoner morning show how did that get started and and why did that get started sure so <laughs> it has its seeds very long ago maybe like six or seven years ago because I, I i perform comedy but i also do teach comedy because i i'm mm. i believe that if something can be practiced and improved upon it could also be learned and and I, I i i'm not mad when i hear about other people trying their hand at, at comedy i i think the more the better the merrier mm-hmm. i think you know i think the more laughter that is in the world the better yeah so I, I try to add to that by creating it, but and then also encouraging um, other people to do it. So, but uh, years ago, I from teaching improv, which is all about um, really, it's not really about being funny. It's sort of, it's it's urging a group of people to cooperate with each other on stage and, and instead of competing against each other. That's really what uh, when I'm teaching improv. That's really what I'm what I'm trying to impart on people. And a great exercise that I fell upon that, you know, if I, if I came into a a group that needed me to coach them, or, you know, if they were, if they were hitting some snags while performing, usually it's, you like, you can identify that the performers themselves are not getting along. And then that, Mm. and and they try to be polite off stage and dealing with each other, but then that animosity comes out on stage when they're playing characters. So a great exercise I fell upon is I would have people do improvised scenes, but you could only do them as stoners. Hmm. And, and it's not that you're, you're smoking in the scene, you're playing a stereotypical stoner, like playing a cowboy or a stoner playing uh, a teacher or something like that. <laughs> and people wouldn't think about rules or, or of comedy or what their training was. When they were pretending to be stoners, they were just very loose and calm and enjoying things and saying yes to things. And it always made the scenes so 
rich and exciting. And it naturally encouraged cooperation instead of competition. So um, the seed has been there for so long. And then like three years ago, my friend Lex Morales and I were doing a lot of, we were booking our own road shows as two struggling New York City comedians having difficulty trying to break into the home scene. We're like, we're just going to do shows on the road. And um, in being on the road a lot, you know, we, we were just doing stand-up. But uh, while we were on the road, we were always constantly brainstorming, like, how can we chase this, these exciting moments of being able to perform on stage? Like, what else can we do? And we were really thinking about how we can do some sort of uplifting comedy thing. And he was always talking, my friend Lex was always talking about podcasts. And he was like, let's do a podcast where we're drunk. <laughs> and I was like, which didn't make sense because, you know, while we would sometimes have drinks on the after shows, we were really always getting stoned together. <laughs> and so I was like, it should not be a podcast when we were, were drunk because that's not us. It should be a talk show where we're stoned. And then um, from conversations about that, and, and, and my favorite kind of form of comedy when you see is it's when you see something familiar, but then there's like a very weird uh, mutation of it. You know, so the the recognizable thing with Stoner Morning Show is that we're a local news morning talk show. And then the funny twist on it is that we're stoners trying to get through the show while being <laughs> stoned. So that's um, I, I should come up with a better, quicker explanation of where maybe <laughs> actually uh we did one of my so there's four of us and 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 one of the co-hosts ralph and i we were talking about coming up with uh fake origin stories for where stoner morning show came from Mm -hmm. and i I came up with i mean it's very ridiculous but I, i came up with it's we were we were four wall street bros who had sort of like ptsd from working on wall street so we accidentally smoked radioactive weed that turned us into um stoner talk show hosts i I was playing with a lot of like teenage mutant ninja turtle things and then uh uh, yeah um so that's our that's at least my uh in the back of my mind fake origin of it (laughs) okay (laughs) i want to hear more about the gratitude calls you were telling me about oh yeah yeah so, well, this idea came about through doing Stoner Morning Show. We, we, we live stream every Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until noon. And, um, you know, it's us kind of hanging out and just like sharing weird thoughts we've had. Uh, we have we have guests on, friends, um, friends of friends. And uh, one Saturday we had a comedian on, Dave Vidala, who um, hosts his own podcast. Uh, it's comedians talking about m- movies. Uh, the comics feature and uh, well, he was just on and he told some joke about you know there's so many jokes comedians have about their parents not being proud of them and, and it's because I think it's very relatable because even non-comedians are seeking their the, the pride of their parents you know yeah. and um, he told some joke about you know your parents not being proud of you and for some reason I in that moment had the idea of Hey, what if there was some sort of service where you can pay somebody to call up your parents and just let them know what a good person you are and that mm. they should be very proud of you? And I, they kind of laughed. And, you know, it's funny that sometimes in the comedian mind, 
something you say isn't funny to you, but it's funny to everybody else because it's so foreign to to their way of thinking.、Mm. I really thought it was kind of a good idea, and I sort of forgot about it. And then the following Monday, we also do sort of like a very loose open mic、um, hangout.、Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people can try jokes or try songs.、Mm. And I was telling a, a fellow comedian about this idea, and so we started brainstorming how it would work. And, and I think somebody mentioned that you would have to have maybe two tiers of of, of sort of like. The basic version and then the deluxe version, and without even defining what those were, I, I was like, I guess, I guess the basic would be five bucks, and then the deluxe version would be twenty. And while in the midst of having this conversation, somebody watching PayPal'd the show twenty dollars. Oh wow! <laughs> and so people were asking me to do it on the air, but I was like, I was like, this is too special of a thing to use for the purpose of 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 content, you know?、Mm-hmm. I was like, I have to do this for for real. And Mel, I, it took me like four days to work up the courage to finally do it because you know、uh-huh. when when the person paid for it, he also provided the phone number of his mother and from her name, and so it took me four days to do it. And I called this this woman up and I introduced myself. And it's 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 a I, I, I've done less than a dozen of these at this point,、uh-huh. um, but it is a scary thing because. People sort of, I think, are able to. In, they, they intuitively know that they're about to hear something that they normally don't don't hear. I, I think they automatically know it's kind of a powerful thing. I mean, when I'm saying I'm introducing myself and I'm saying I know your son or daughter, you know, and I immediately have to reassure them that、um, they know I'm calling. I, I, they gave me my number.、Uh, you know, this is like a a goodwill type of phone call.、Um, But people have been sort of like nervous about it, and then very, very grateful at the end of it.、Hmm. So it's a weird side business that came about through a talk show where we are sometimes stoned and hanging out and making ridiculous comments and making each other laugh.、Um, but it it might、uh, we'll see how it goes. But it might turn into an interesting side business for for the rest of the pandemic times. Yeah, and we'll put the link to that in the show notes, so y'all、sure. check that out. So, my wife wants me to be funny on demand, and that's not really my style. <laughs> It's kind of situational, where things just happen. And、uh, so, we moved here two years ago, three years ago, two and a half. Excuse me, we're doing something. I'm being funny. Let Dad be funny for once. Clock's ticking, Ryan. So,、um, I had to go back to the house and fill up my entire truck with the last of the stuff. So I recorded this thing on my phone. How about that? It's all fat right in the back of the truck. It was crazy, and <laughs> it all fat. I, I can't believe it. So that was me exhausted after I moved, and then people people ask me if my sons have my、uh, sense of humor. So then one day, you have to imagine in the theater of the mind an animated cat, a hipster cat, with a cup of coffee, and this is my son, my <laughs> oldest son. 
what he sent to us one day. I've turned into a coffee-drinking hipster cat. Yeah. I just love my cup of joe in the morning. <laughs> tell you a story yeah <laughs> about cannabis <laughs> oh sure it's already fun you're, you're already laughing because it sounds already funny <laughs> my husband is so silly that's why i'm laughing yeah my husband is so silly so i have never smoked marijuana in my life and people find that very odd but i don't know i just i'm a very um i don't know if you're into D, but i'm very lawful oriented mm, mm, sure sure <laughs> so if it was legal here in south carolina yeah but it's not legal and has never been. Got legal. it. Sure, I, I, I understand. I, I understand not wanting to just invite, you know, law enforcement into your life. I get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I've never been interested in doing that, except for I have a lot of pain, mm. and so everyone says, "Hey, if you do that, it would take care of the pain." Well, my lawful nature wouldn't get over it. Right. Well, recently I was told that there was Delta Eight available, which I guess has. It's a step up from CBD. Oh, okay. Little tiny bit of THC in it. Mm. And I've never smoked, even smoked a cigarette in my life. Yeah. I just have never done that. Good for you. <laughs> so my sister brings me a vape pen with Delta 8 the other day. Mm. And for, for my pain, to try for my pain. So I don't even know how to use the vape pen. She shows me how to use it. So yesterday I was sitting out in the living room. Oh, wow. This is topical. Yes, just the other day. Yeah. I've only had it for a few days. And so I'm I'm using it out there. I hear my husband in his office telling one of his friends in this kind of secretive, crazy tone, you know what my wife has? Yeah, you're never going to believe what my wife's out there, out there doing. Wait a minute. I can't think of the name. I can't think of the name. And so I just shout out, listen, I hear you. And it's called Delta 8. <laughs> <laughs> It is, it's so crazy because... Well, he was spreading the good word about it, <laughs> just in his own silly way. Yeah, just the way he was doing it. I was like, hey, I bet you'll never guess what my wife's doing. I'm thinking, I'm not out here smoking marijuana. It's not like this terrible. Right. I'm not out here breaking the law. Um, but yeah, cannabis is not legal here. And there's so much fuss over everything. And I just don't understand it. But as someone who's not that familiar with it, what do I need to know about cannabis when it becomes legal? <laughs> mm. Well, something that I just learned from a guest that uh, we had on, a um, woman who, uh, she lives in, in Toronto and she is like sort of a cannabis expert. Mm. Um, I, I'm, I'm blanking on her her handle at the moment, but she's, she, she really does think about cannabis much more than I do. So somebody can yet name a strain and she will be able to tell you how much THC content is in it. Oh, wow. uh, but she recently just shared it, it, that if you like the smell of it, like once it's legal and you can go buy it from the store, if you like the smell of it, you will most likely enjoy the experience of smoking oh, okay. it. And I might even be misquoting her somehow because she knows so much more than I do. But it's, um, I don't know, it's a scary thing because it's been made to sound scary over the years. But yeah. as somebody who, you know, used to smoke it and hiding because I was afraid of not getting caught and it made it more of a anxiety inducing thing, even though it's something that's supposed to chill you out. Like once I got more sort of comfortable with not not getting caught it i i saw the 
the real benefits of it because a lot of times when you get stoned, there's like a there's a sensation you feel in the head that sort of calms you down if you're smoking the the right stuff. But it also chills out the body a lot of times, and you know that feeling of an anxiety when your muscles tense up. Cannabis gives you the opposite feeling, so it's it really is a a relaxant um, for for me. Okay. So that's like I think the useful stuff of it, and I, to be honest, the reason that I use it as much as I do now, is because I had sleeping trouble like a few years ago, and so I started buying gummies mm. uh, as a way to to chill me out at night and, and fall asleep. And once I saw the benefits of that, I, you know, started to use it a little bit uh, more often. But uh, it's never as bad as getting drunk. I, I've never you know i've gotten drunk and gotten to a cab and woke up the next morning and forgotten how i got home but i've never had an experience like that on on cannabis so yeah i've heard that from a lot of people just with the with the drinking what what good do you get from drinking except just to kind of not have whatever troubles you're escaping from but with cannabis there just seems to be so many health benefits that can come from that yeah yeah and and there people are still learning about it because as they're able to study it more and more they they learn about more of the benefits and and i mean even the just the economic benefits that mm-hmm. states are seeing i mean that alone uh, it's i'm surprised that it's going as slow as it is and yeah. in, in how it legalization is spreading oh and uh, real quick master of marijuana on instagram was my recent source for for the um if it smells good, you will most likely enjoy smoking it. And I, and I also bake with it as well. So, mm, Okay. Awesome. I definitely see the benefit of it and trying to get it here. But, I mean, we're talking about a state that I had to go across the border to North Carolina to get a tattoo a long time ago. I mean, tattoos oh, yeah. were illegal <laughs> at one point yeah. in my life. <laughs> I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, where... Up until the 2000s, it was illegal in that county, the county that Cleveland was in. <laughs> and then they changed the law, and now everybody in Cleveland has a tattoo. <laughs> yeah, there's tattoo shops yeah. everywhere here now. I want to think about cannabis as a plant medicine. And you know how there's a lot of people will use something like that to have spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had any type of spiritual experience wow Ooh, wow um well uh kind kind of yes so you know this goes great into what we started talking about which was was comedy and in the pursuit of it and the creation of it Uh, a few months ago i was you know in in uh, i was in the midst of not creating much i was sort of like working from home on stuff and on on money stuff not fun stuff you know and Mm -hmm. I was just not trying to be funny. I didn't see the value of it. And then in one night I was, you know, at home just chilling out. I was listening to music and I got a little stoned and just sitting there taking in the music. I, um, well, I, I, I explained it as every comedian I know knows the joy and thrill of just having a joke come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I had that moment, but it was a full, like, 10 minute set that has never had it was it was sort of like the biggest flow state i've ever 
been. And it was just like the, this loose sort of receptive creative state where I was really not trying to think of funny things and just funny thoughts just popped into my head and everything connected in a very interesting way oh, wow. that I was like, I can't believe I wrote, you know, comedians will talk about like writing the perfect joke and then writing the perfect like 10 minute set, half hour set, hour set. I, I as a comedian, I, I just was interested in getting comfortable on stage and making people laugh. I never was really like, I need to f find the perfect set. Yeah. So it was astounding to me that in some ways my most perfect set came to me all in one night when I was just sitting at home alone stoned. Um, so I started that actually that night on Facebook, I wrote that I, in, I do like a lot of like silly publicity stunt kind of shows. So I thought nobody would believe me. So I was like, I, I'm being absolutely honest. I just wrote the best 10, 10 minutes of my life. Mm -hmm. And I booked myself on an outdoor show in Brooklyn. And I started telling people that they needed to come see this best 10 minutes because I was really confident in how good it was. So I, I performed it all in one night. I hadn't even rehearsed it. You know, I tried it out at home, but it was... This was all material untested in front of an audience, which some comedians would think that is insane to try. <laughs> and um, I legitimately got the response that I thought I would. Like the, the crowd loved it. I even had like a mini sort of standing ovation at the end. And when outdoor shows here in New York closed for the winter, I was like, well, I'll be able to do that best 10 minutes at some point. And then I got kind of depressed and like, low spirited and I needed to pick myself up. So I told myself I would perform the, that best 10 minutes of my life online mm. for friends and family. And, you know, so it gave me something to look forward to. And I, I, I sold, sold tickets. I donated part of it to city harvest here in New York. Mm -hmm. um, and I did the best 10 minutes of my life. And, uh, and then I recorded that and I, I'm, uh, uploading it to Spotify and releasing it on my birthday as a celebration for <laughs> me and making myself laugh. Yeah. And when is that? That, uh, my birthday is March 2nd. So by the time this airs, it should already be available on Spotify. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. We'll, we'll link for that too. And that's something yeah. that they can purchase on Spotify. Uh, they can listen for, for free. Yeah. Oh, they okay. just, they just will have to muscle through, uh, the periodic commercial. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And you're reading your first book on tarot, right? Yes. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a lot. I, um, I am a, an admirer of the film director, um, Alejandro Jodorowsky, who is also a tarot card reader. And he released a book not too long ago called The Way of the Tarot, I believe. Um, I don't have the book near me at the moment, but uh, I had friends talk, I heard friends talk about it over and over again. And it's a, I was always interested in it because it is an intersection of two things that I really enjoy. I, I enjoy film and um, I'd never tried reading tarot cards before, but I had friends read my cards for me. And, um, and even just, you know, the power of words, my last name being Wiccans, close enough to Wiccan, I always just felt I was a magical, person <laughs> but um i think in a way to force some new magic in my life i i decided to purchase this tarot book and i don't even have a tarot deck mm -hmm. but i'm just it's i'm enjoying reading about what the cards mean and and sort of why they mean what they mean and, and what 
um, lessons can be gleaned from from them. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll be I'll be honest, Mel, I, I I don't know if I will buy a tarot deck after reading this. Yeah. Just because I you know any pursuit, comedy or tarot, is a lifelong endeavor. Um, And I don't know if I would commit to the lifelong learning of tarot, but I'm really just enjoying the, in the moment, the invitation of what it can, I just want to be around it, I guess. Okay. You know, I, I'm not a big tarot reader. I use Oracle cards, Mm, Okay. Um, but I do have some tarot decks and I know a lot of tarot readers. I see that there could actually be a lot of comedy in readings and and decks and things like that i've had people tell me that some of their decks are very snarky and comedic and oh interesting deck, yeah every deck has its own personality of how, right. it, how it talks to you hmm. <laughs> yeah i i'm i've had friends there's been times when i've had my cards read and the person will say have you ever thought about doing tarot and i, I don't know if that is something of an icebreaker question in the tarot card reading community, you know, or if it's something that they, uh, an, an energy they're picking up from me. So there's times that I've thought about it and I just never thought that I had the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did pick up this book because very randomly friends of mine kept on referencing this um, uh, tarot book. Um, Joe Dorowski is the director. Okay. Film director. And, um, so I'm reading his tarot book, and it, it has come up in conversation in the last few few in the last few months. I had a friend read my cards a few months ago, and it's the book they brought up. And I was like, "Oh wow, I love that film director." They didn't even know he was a director. Um, mm. So um, yeah, it's just something I'm, you know, it's just another sort of zen, chill out thing to do. Yeah. In, in the moment. Yeah. If you ever do get a deck. I would recommend just picking a card every day and not turning, you don't have to turn it into this huge, uh, let me study, let me journal, unless you really wanted to, but it, you could just pick one card and look at the picture, look at the words, if there's words. Yeah. Just let it speak to you. Yeah, that's good That's good advice. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll even get the, uh, the deck of cards, not really if the even intent of reading anyone else's, but just to mm-hmm. sort of have it for, for me. Maybe yeah, I'll I know that. lots of people who don't read for other people, and they just have it for them. Yeah, own. well, I think my I think my hesitancy in trying to do it for other people is also sort of my it's my awareness of that jokes can be light and jokes can also be dark, and it's you know it's the conscious choice of wanting to spread more light and joy and happiness in the world, and and I would be nervous about communicating something from giving somebody a reading that they might misinterpret and then. And yeah. then walk away in a in a bad mood. You know what I mean? It's like it's a yeah. it's a powerful thing that you know. Um, oh, it's very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Even my mother, as a child, there was someone that did a, a tarot reading for her. She just was walking by, and it terrified her so much that even as an adult, she was scared of it. So oh it, yeah, it does have power. Yeah. Well, to this day, I will never be around a Ouija board just because it felt too scary when I was a kid, and like. Um, there's never been a good Ouija board horror film, mm. you know. There are in the, in that it's it's like they're all like, oh, that's the evil thing. You know what I mean? There, there's yeah. never been a, uh, oh, the Ouija board saved the day. 
<laughs> yeah, so, I've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some really bad experiences in my family mm. with the Ouija board. So I am someone that if I even see it, if I'm in the thrift store and I see one, I go the other way. I don't let them in my house. Right. I don't judge other people for having them. But me personally, I know that it can open a doorway to things I don't want. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like smoking weed in a state where it's not legal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just some things that you just... I, I just can't do. I, I just can't do. So any final thoughts for us? It's, it's been a joy having you on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this has been great. Um, uh, no, no final thoughts, but just sort of, um, I, I guess it's, you know, I, I'll, I'll give the reminder that it's sometimes eff- it's difficult and takes effort to sort of put a smile on, but it's, um, a, it's, it's a useful practice to have. <laughs> telling yourself to, to be happy. Mm-hmm. So if the listeners want to hear more from you, if they want to listen to the podcast, where do they go? Uh, so my website is seanwickens.com. It's Sean, S-H-A-W-N-W-I-C-K-E-N-S. And then you can also find us through stonermorningshow.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we live stream every Saturdays uh, on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And um, coming up in April, at some point, we're going to do a 24-hour live stream we've done two in the past and this is we're, we're gonna it's gonna be a 24-hour show with guests and we're gonna raise money for some charity yet to be determined so oh wow that sounds like fun yeah and then you can find gratitude calls if that's something that you desire we can we can provide it's uh you can find that through stoner morning show as well or gratitudecalls.com wonderful and i will link all that so y'all will have the means to locate any of these things And Sean, it's just been wonderful having you here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. This has been a pleasure. And y'all show Sean and and all of our guests that we have on the show some love by visiting their websites, checking out social media if they give it, podcasts. And you might even want to check out the link that is posted for the gratitude calls. I think that that is just an amazing thing. And don't forget that you can always send me comments or questions by clicking on the link to send a little voice message to me and I might just use it on one of our episodes. Take care and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at bellbookcandlesc. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash bellbookcandle.